We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. So glad to have you on this Wednesday. If you miss any part of the show, Maggie and Perloff podcast is right there for you. Our interview with Jessica Mendoza, where she says the San Francisco Giants are the front runners to land Aaron Judge. She also gave a little love to Perloff's Philadelphia Phillies, who are going to be in the World Series starting on Friday. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Uh, the <laughs> yeah. Phillies are going to be in the World Series, well, which shut up is a good, uh, good segue. Yeah, it is a good segue. I do this for a living. Our next guest, Ben Solak from The Ringer. He's got a new podcast with our friend Shil Kapadia, Philly special, all things Philly sports. But we're going to hit a lot of stuff with wait, you. Wait, wait, Maggie, ben, you, thanks you so sh- much. Wait, are you sure, Maggie, you don't want to go to the vending machine or something? Take a break <laughs> because this is just going to be a love fest. The Eagles just trade for Robert Quinn. They're six and zero. The Phillies are in the World Series. You're a Mets fan. I mean, me and Ben, we just speak a different <laughs> language of winning here. Yeah, this is why I have to stay here right now to make sure this interview isn't just about where to get the best cheesesteak. Hey, Ben, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing pretty well. Philly sports dominating the news cycle nice and nice and tidy for me, so I'm having a good day. I know. Lucky us. We get you today where you have the new podcast called Philly Special. Fantastic. It's on Spotify. We suggest everybody go and download it. Now, before we can get into a Philly love fest, though, we've got some more pressing matters. And specifically tomorrow night's game with the Bucks and the Ravens. I'm sorry. Let's start with Aaron Rodgers, actually. Pardon me. Let me backtrack. We've been talking a lot about Aaron Rodgers, Ben, and everything on the field and off the field as well. We'll ask you, how much blame does Aaron Rodgers deserve for how dysfunctional the Packers' offense has looked? The lion's share. Not all of it, uh, but but certainly the plurality of it. There's a lot of blame to go around a lot of different spots. Uh, front office hasn't done a good job managing the roster over the last couple of years, and, you know, Offensive coaching staff, they had a brain drain. You know, you lost Luke Getze, you lost Nathaniel Hackett, so they've had some guys depart. That's something to deal with. But some of the personnel issues can also be traced back to Rodgers. Like, when we talk about why Devontae Adams isn't a Packer anymore, we have to remember that Adams himself said, you know, I I wasn't super sure that my starting quarterback was going to be here long-term because Rodgers has been kind of doing the will I, won't I retire, maybe I'll ask you to trade me thing for the past couple of off-seasons. And so, you know, the Packers should have done everything they could to keep Devontae, and I'm sure they tried. But one of the reasons why Devontae was open to other places is because of the way that Rodgers has kind of run his business very publicly over the last couple of years. And, you know, Rodgers has fought for and won more influence over the front office, who gets brought in, what players are used, over the last couple of years. Like, if Rodgers doesn't like his receiving core right now, well, 
Randall Cobb's there. You know why Randall Cobb's there? Because Aaron Rodgers right. wanted him there. Uh, so there are players that are and aren't on Green Bay that have a lot to do with Rodgers. When you turn on the film, uh, Rodgers is not playing very well. He's still playing quite well. He's an ex-MVP, back-to-back MVP, still a good quarterback in the league, but he's certainly not playing to the caliber of which he was playing in seasons past. Uh, some of that has to do with frustration. Some of that has to do with injuries off the line, stuff that's outside of his control. Uh, but in general, he looks a little bit older, and he looks like he doesn't like the way the offense runs. And he's kind of protesting uh, the state of the offense while he's out there, throwing the ball super quick, getting into somebody else's hands, kind of like making getting yards somebody else's problem. That with the, the, off, the, uh, the you know, weak nonsense, kind of the hopping on the Pat McAfee show and saying that people need their reps cut, they're not playing well, like, that doesn't smell good. I don't, I, I don't see how that plays well in the locker room. So, to me, Rodgers deserves the lion's share of the, of the blame for how the, the Packers' offense looks. Okay, same question for Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. Who gets the blame there for their, I'd say, offensive ineptitude of late? Yeah. I, the, to me, the, the lion's share goes to Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator there. Uh, Leftwich is a guy who got head coaching uh, discussions and designs over the, the course of the last offseason, understandably so, because the Bucks' offense ran really well with him in the last couple of years. If there was a complaint to be had with the Bucks' offense, it was that they ran the ball too much on early downs. They really felt they had to run the ball to set up the play-action pass, which is not really something you have to do if you look at it from like a data perspective. But coaches really feel like it's an important part of the offense, and I understand why. It's understandable. But he you know, ran the ball a lot on first down, and they would get four yards with Leonard Fournette. Like, all right, that's fine. That's nice. But you should probably let Brady throw it a little more. This year, they can't get those four yards in the running game. First and 10, they're going to hand the football off. They have a really rough interior offensive line because of the departures, right? Uh, uh, Alex Kappa departed, Ali Marpet retired, Ryan Jensen injured. And the rookies that he got in, you know, the young guys, Robert Hainsey, Luke Gadecki, just simply not playing well, right? Sometimes your backups step in and you're okay. That's not the case. They've been really, really, really liable, left guard and center. Yet they still continue to run the ball. And when they hand it to Fournette, Fournette doesn't look as good as he has in years past. Looks a little bit heavy, looks a little bit sluggish, doesn't look as strong as he used to. So now they're handing the ball off, and they're not getting four yards on first down. They get one yard, two yards on first down. They're moving behind the stick. This would be okay if you had good wide receiver health and if you had good pass protection and Brady could save you the way he has in years past, but you don't. You're giving up quick pressure, and you've had wide receivers in and out of the lineup. Hopefully, the Bucks see this and change things. But the way Byron Leftwich talked about it, it doesn't seem like he's going to change his approach. They're going to continue running the ball into a brick wall early in the down. I think Brady still looks solid. He doesn't look great. He looks solid. The arm is still fine. It's not like he's falling off a cliff. I think that the Bucks need to do some soul-searching regarding how they run this offense. If they keep trying to live as like a first-and-ten run between the tackles team, they're going to keep finding themselves behind the sticks, and that's just not a winning formula playing football. Ben Solek is our guest. Of course, he's from The Ringer. He's also got a new podcast with Shield Kapadia. It's called Philly Special. You can find it on Spotify. Okay, let's play a little game. We did this with Shield a little while ago, Ben, uh, with some different categories. The questions are simple. The answers, we're not so sure. The question is, are they good? And then we're going to ask you the question. (laughs) Okay. So for a couple teams, then for a couple individual players, we'll start with teams. Are they good? The Baltimore Ravens. Yes. Uh, Baltimore has lost three games this year. In the three games they've lost, they've been, trail- uh, they've been trailing for like a total of 12 minutes, right? Like they lost that the game to the Bills, where the Bills took the lead with one second left. They lost the game to the Dolphins, where the Dolphins took the lead with literally 14 seconds left. They were controlling these games. They threw three quarters. The Ravens are like one of the best teams in the league by DVOA. And then they get to the fourth quarter, and stuff kind of falls apart. Some of it's coaching decisions. 
Some of it is regression, tiredness. Some of it's injury luck in game. Most of it is just coin flips. It's just that the league sometimes makes you unlucky. And that's in the case of the Ravens. I'm very confident the Ravens are a good team. I think they're the best team in the AFC North. I think they're a legit AFC contender. All right, Los Angeles Chargers. Yes. <laughs> you went up. Uh, you went up with you your go, voice. When you go up an octave, yeah. that's a tell. Yeah. Uh, the Chargers are good because they have too many star players to be bad. Most of those star players haven't played recently, right? No Keenan Allen, no Joey Bosa. We're going to lose Mike Williams for another four, four weeks. So with some of these absences, the Chargers haven't looked as good. J.C. Jackson, obviously, not out for the season. He wasn't even playing that well when he was playing. So I think the Chargers expect to get Bosa back. They expect to get Keenan Allen back. He certainly was back this past week. He just didn't play that well. He didn't have a high volume. doesn't seem 100%. Mike Williams, they expect to get back. So I think by the time we get to the end of the year, and all of the Chargers stars are playing, the Chargers will be as good as we expect. The Chargers should be, even with the injuries they've endured, much, much better than they are. But that's not the question. The question is good or bad. And I think the Chargers still come above the bar. Okay, we're with Ben Solak from The Ringer. He's got a new podcast with Shil Kapadia called Philly Special. You can download it on Spotify. Okay, one more team we're going to add, then two players for you, Ben. The Dallas Cowboys, are they good? Good. Uh, Dallas's defense is really talented. They're diverse. They do a lot of stuff up stuff up front. They're going to be consistent. Getting Dak back is a, bit, a multi-week row. I think it wasn't perfect last week, but it's going to be okay. They're using Tony Pollard more. They're figuring out where to put C.D. Lamb. It was a weird start to the year, especially on offense with the Cooper Rush era, but the Cowboys are good, for sure. Okay, now we have a couple players specifically we want to ask Ben Solak. Same question. Are they good? Daniel Jones. No. Uh, Jones is being used better this year than he has in seasons previous. His scramble rate is like twice that what it's been in any single season previously. They're letting him run the ball. They give him a green light, right? As soon as he sees daylight, go. And they're doing that because he's not a very good passer, right? And so you only activate his legs. He's a big guy. He can open it up a little bit. He's got some speed. Use him to stress the defense out, play 11 on 11. They're very creative in how they run offense there in New York because their quarterback doesn't give them a lot. They have to win around the margin. Okay. Geno Smith. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What up again? Geno's playing very well. Is Geno long-term confirmed good? I don't know just yet, um, but the way Geno's playing not only seems good, but also seems sustainable. He's making big boy throws. He's winning on third and long. He's winning out of empty. He's winning down the field, winning in the tight windows. Like, it's not the cupcake you know, magic wand production we've seen from other quarterbacks in similar offenses, right? Like, you know, it, 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 is Gino good? It's similar to the, the Kirk Cousins good question. Like, Kirk Cousins' stats are always good. Is Kirk good? I don't know. <laughs> it, it, this offense makes it tough. Uh, but I think Gino is good. Certainly good enough to run this, you know, Shane Waldron play action under center, run, 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 play action pass offense. And that's all the Seahawks need right now. This is the one player who, when Perloff and I start talking about him, Ben, we call him the Bermuda Triangle because every time we start talking about him, just we get shipwrecked. You know, we just we always end up hanging onto a piece of driftwood in the middle of the ocean. Derek Carr. Yeah, no. I, I, when you were saying it, I figured I, I was like, is that a Carr cousin? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the usual, usual bar. I think Derek Carr is good. Uh, Carr could be better, much like the Chargers could be better if Carr were willing to be aggressive. Carr would be a better player. But as it is. Carr's an accurate quarterback. Carr's a really smart quarterback. Gets you into a good luck. And when Carr does throw down the field, it does look good. He should do it more. 
but he's able to access the deep parts of the field. So he's pretty good. That line was really bad to start the season, and they're getting better and better week in and week out. I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders are like a really persnickety team, a tough team to beat late in the season. Even if they're like the record's too bad at this point for them to be a legit playoff contender, I bet you the Raiders look pretty solid by the end of the year. Wait, we got to add persnickety now to yeah. our list of sad dad. Well, I don't know if you're a dad, Ben, but we, we call Perloff sad dad because he says words like fuddy-duddy, and I think persnickety mm. goes in the category. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, a colorful vernacular is a fun thing to have as a, uh, as a, as a writer, so persnickety is a good one. Caddy <laughs> Wampus is, is, is one I've been working on recently. That's not a good sad dad word. Wait, yeah. what is it again? Caddy Wampus. No, I I've don't never know that heard one. that one. But vernacular yeah. is actually a sad dad word, too. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yes. Vehicle is the ultimate so, sad dad. Uh, ben, just to go back a little on the time machine, when you were coming up with the idea for the Philly special podcast, did you and Shield tell Bill Simmons that the Phillies were going to be in the World Series? Was that all <laughs> part of the plan? Yeah, we just figured, hey, like, since Philly sports is going to have multiple championships this year, we might as well start covering them from the beginning. <laughs> uh, I mean... At the time, I was thinking, yeah, Sixers championship and Eagles championship. That was my plan. Uh, actually, we might have to make an about face really quick on that Sixers season uh, <laughs> and uh, head to a bet somewhere else. But, I mean, this Eagles team was always going to be interesting. We thought they were going to be fun to cover. We thought they were going to be plucky. Uh, I don't think anybody saw Sixers no coming. And with the way they've kind of loaded up on talent, the way they've integrated their free agents, like this, every week that passes, this looks like a more and more legitimate contender, which is really cool to see. Ben, can't tell you how much we appreciate this. Ben Solak from The Ringer, new podcast, Philly Special with Shil Kapati. You can find it on Spotify. It's been fun, Ben. Hope to do it again soon. Thanks, Maggie. Thanks for a lot. Talk to you guys soon. Yep. Thanks for playing our game. Are they good? Are they good? You know, it's simple, <laughs> but accurate. Yeah. We ask ourselves these they're questions hard, all the time. They're hard ones. He was pretty, pretty sure about Daniel Jones not being good, yep. which is sort of the big... Becoming the big conversation. I think every, we're going to go week to week on this dude. Uh, you know, basically like kind of like, like we did, everyone. like we did when the Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, Justin Fields, one game in the in the fog in Foxborough, and yeah. everyone completely changes their mind on three quarterbacks. I know. At one point, there was footage that looked like maybe Mac Jones's interception actually hit a wire on one of the Monday Night Football cameras that was flying over the field. Turns out the NFL said that was not the case. Yes, but do we believe them? No. <laughs> do we ever believe the NFL? No. But, uh, yeah, but, the, okay, so, so the game starts. We're psyched. Mac Jones is coming back. Then Bailey Zappi fills in for him, throws two touchdowns, and Bailey Zappi is the future. Then he stinks. Well, he threw two picks. And Justin Fields is setting historical lows in every possible passing category, and now he's good. So <laughs> I think this is he good or is he bad is such a week-to-week question in the NFL. And that was some good answers there from Ben Solak. So appreciate having him on again. If you miss any part of the Maggie and Perloff show, we've got a podcast. We've also have a YouTube channel. You can always go there, search out our names, and you can find all the best of the Maggie and Perloff show. Coming up, the most dangerous team in college football. It's not who you might think. We'll tell you next. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff straight ahead. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. So, we just teased the most dangerous team in college football. Now, I'm not sure that they're the most dangerous team when it's all said and done. But there is such a path right now for something unlikely to happen. The Tennessee Volunteers come next week when the college football playoff committee gets together could be the number one team in the nation. Yep. Because I don't think the college football committee likes to be exactly like the AP poll to start off. I think they could look at Tennessee's win over Alabama and look at Georgia's resume and say... And if Tennessee beats Kentucky this week. If Tennessee beats Kentucky and say... You know, the way that they work and the way that they think, hey, let's put Tennessee there just to be different. Uh, you know what? I think you're right. Yeah. Maybe not to just be different, but to give themselves some wiggle room about, like, because once you're yes. number one, like, it's, if you're going to knock them off, you know, they can still leave some wiggle room that they make the college yeah. football playoff. They can, you know, go if we start them at four and then they lose or something, then, you know, all hell's going to break loose. But it is, I mean, let's be realistic, too, about what's happening here with Tennessee. That all sounds great in theory. I mean, Hendon Hooker seems like the Heisman hopeful. Yep. Kentucky and going to Georgia, that is two brutal defenses. I, I do worry, part of me worries that the Tennessee bubble could burst, and the Hendon Hooker bubble could, he's very good. He, lo- he looks amazing. It's like yeah. It feels like Joe Burrow, but this is the SEC. That's why in where, right now we're at the end of October, I think the first committee meeting, it feels like it always changes to me. That's why I am nervous for Tennessee. I feel like they might have peaked too early, and the real test comes over the next two weeks. No, I mean, I think they're just getting stronger and stronger. I mean, the amount of, like, confidence you have to get in mm. yourself when you beat Alabama has got to be through the roof. You you know, Georgia can look like the boogeyman sitting there uh, after they play Kentucky this week, but, like, doesn't that a little that, you know, sense of – you know, oh my gosh, this team feels unbeatable or whatever, goes away once you beat Bama, then you got to feel like, wait a minute, Georgia might need to be scared of us as opposed to us be scared of them. And I know Georgia's the reigning national champs, but yeah. their schedule has not been nearly as difficult as Tennessee's. That all sounds good in theory. <laughs> that all sounds, <laughs> well, you go down to Athens and you see that defense, Maggie. No, I know. You know, I, I feel like I've been incredibly impressed with Hendon Hooker. If he gets through this two-week stretch and he doesn't dip a little bit, then I, I'm just, then it's a national title. It's Joe Burrow. But this is really, really hard. And listen, we saw Texas A&M beat Alabama last year, and it didn't really build that same thing. So I don't know. I don't know how good Alabama is either. Like, that's the other mystery. I'm sure the playoff committee is going to sit there and be like, wait, Alabama almost lost to Texas. In fact, if Quinn Ewers hadn't gotten hurt, they probably would have lost. They probably should have lost to Texas A&M. And then they let up 52 points to Tennessee. So it's really interesting. Like it's a, To me, the interesting part is you're in that committee room and you factor in so many things. You want Alabama because it's a TV show. Yep. So you want, they're, the, they're the brand in the sport. Yep. 
And you're also dealing with history. They're Alabama football. So you, I, I convince myself as a college football fan, like they're Alabama. They're awesome. But then if you actually look at what's happening on the field, they're not that awesome. So it's, it's really, to me, I, I would not want to be on that committee. I think it's a really hard decision. Well, it's a hard decision, but at the same time, they fudge the criteria, it feels like, all the time. Yeah, you know? and then, then they always land on the same thing. SEC, SEC, and more SEC. Yeah, and then and Big Ten. And Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. And Ohio State. And if Notre Dame happens to be good, well, then it's oh, yeah, even yeah. better. It feels like that's the criteria. You just summed up their entire strategy. <laughs> yeah, what's the national brand, national brand? And I'm sure, like, the Pac-12 and some of the Big 12 schools got to be like, you got to be kidding me because, mm. you know. But, I mean, the Pac-12. I get it. Do but... they have a leg to stand on when their best team lost 49-3 to Georgia? That was week one. I mean, don't you think you changed throughout the season and you should be rewarded for getting better and righting those wrongs if you continue to win? So, when Oregon plays Utah, then we'll see. Like, how do they look? And they've looked well. Obviously, they just beat UCLA. So, I, I just... It's not that I don't have faith in the committee. I think, generally, they do a good job. And I would applaud them for getting Cincinnati in because Cincinnati deserved it, even mm. though they weren't uh, like a power five. But I think they totally make this up as they go along. Totally. Although I think the the rule that we have figured out, they always err towards the side of the big brand. No doubt. And I think Clemson. It's a television show. Of course they are. Clemson, if they go undefeated, is a big enough brand that they're fine. They'll be in. So it's uh, it's going to be tough. I, I, I saw somebody, Heather Dinnage was on ESPN, great college football reporter, said that she had actually Oregon as her fourth team right now ahead of Clemson. But the reality is if Clemson is undefeated, it's going to be hard for them to jump in. So there is a path where it's totally predictable, where it's two SEC, Clemson, and the Ohio State-Michigan winner. But I love this idea of Tennessee being the powerhouse. It's so exciting, right? Because we've just had a lot of Alabama and Georgia and Clemson. New blood, new blood would be really fun. Do you, so I like this. So you're, you're saying don't worry about Kentucky and Georgia because Tennessee is a wagon. They're <laughs> yeah. building confidence. This I is think getting so. me excited. You beat Bama, I think you have confidence. Yes, Amter? This is an argument that I'm sure has been made a million times on a million different shows, but I I always look at... What a way I, to start off your yeah. thought. <laughs> no, no, I, I can't I, wait for this. Yeah, this right, is, is this going to be Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame? This What's going really on groundbreaking. Here? No, you got no, a Pete I, Rose take for us? I'm, try, I'm trying to preface it like this isn't ground, a groundbreaking take that I'm making, but it's going to factor in and it's, and it's super important because Georgia and Tennessee are in the same division of the SEC. Yep. Right? One of them is not going to even play in the SEC championship. Right. The way I look at it, like, first of all, there's those in the camp that say you have to win your conference championship to be in the college football playoff. But then sometimes, like, it just doesn't happen. The best team loses in a close game and whatever. Sure. But if you don't even make it to your conference championship game, if you don't even win your division in your conference, even if you are the second-best team in college football, how can you be in the college football playoff? Like, I look at the Georgia-Tennessee game whenever they face each other, as a must-win. November 5th. <laughs> whoever wins that game is in. Whoever loses does not get a chance to go to the college football Wrong. playoff if they don't get into the <laughs> SEC championship. But they could be in. They, well, that might be the best thing that happened You're probably right, but, like, how can you keep out the ACC champion, the Big 12 champion, and, like, whatever? How the can Pac-12 you keep these guys out? I mean, watch them. I, I would say that. I, watch them. I know, but if you we don't know, even, we, we know that those other it's so schools ridiculous. We're are talking better. about, like, you know, this objective... Or this very subjective, like they on paper look like the best teams compared to like they didn't even play in their college in their conference championship. I just don't. I get it. It feels weird to me. It feels off. Here's the thing: it actually means less this year than ever. I'll tell you why. 
the committee could bleep this up so royally in every way, and it won't matter because everyone will just say, that means we have to have 12 teams next year. Yeah. And it will happen for next year. This could be four SEC teams. Let people complain until the cows come home. You can have you know, people on campus having riots. It doesn't matter, and it will all just be fodder for it has to go to 12 clearly has to go to 12 and then everyone's going to cash in with millions and billions of dollars yeah i think you're absolutely right but i also think this year will be a little bit easier because it's really controversial when you leave out an undefeated power five school so the odds are the way we're shaping up i don't know how many are left there are not many left i don't think they're gonna have to do that would it be funny though what if uh michigan ohio state that's one undefeated team then you get Clemson undefeated. Then you get two SEC. Then TCU. Yeah, poor undefeated. TCU somehow you know runs the table. Happen. That would be like history repeats itself. It'd be so funny. I'm sorry. It would not be funny to the people <laughs> at TCU, and it wouldn't be funny to the Big 12. But it'd be funny to everyone who's seen the Big 12 be in this position like I 10 times. So you're telling me a one-loss SEC team like Tennessee who doesn't even play in their conference championship game will get in over an undefeated Big 12 champion TCU. Now, on paper, I think Tennessee is better than TCU, so logically speaking, yeah, I get it. But it also just feels wrong that you're taking an undefeated conference champion and replacing them with a team that has a loss and didn't even play in their conference championship game. I Trust me, I get the no. the, the eye test. No, it but just I, feels wrong. Yeah, but Tennessee will get a win over, in this scenario, get a win over Kentucky, who's a top-20 team, and they, they'll have a win over South Carolina, who's kind of rising and fast. The, yeah, it'll be great, These but they're, are better but they're not going to be in their conference championship game. I don't, Yeah, I, I don't think with four teams, I don't think you can think like that. I don't, I don't think the committee will, and we've yeah. seen them. Repeatedly. Uh, got to. Uh, we're going to put the eight and four Alabama Crimson Tide in. <laughs> like, uh, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Do you know Bryce Young? You won the Heisman. You're going to watch him on New yeah. Year's Eve or whatever day it is. Yeah. It's like we really like their strength of schedule. What was that sound? I'm sorry. I think the Zoom cut out. 855 Okay. We have to get to this one because. Perloff brought this up. Yeah. And I think this is genius. And I'm kind of surprised as a society, it took us this long to come up with this. Well, I have no idea what direction you're going now. <laughs> well, it's a story you brought to us. I'm shuddering. Which one? Because I bring a lot of brilliant things. Yeah, I know. It's a, how do I pick? Um, Can I just tell you real quick the stories <laughs> that I focus on today? Uh, two people fought off a grizzly bear in Montana last yeah. week. That was one. A python ate a woman in Sri Lanka. That was a big story <laughs> yeah. for me. You usually get one of those a year. Yeah, it's mostly animal attacks or animal-related things. So, so which is, one is this one? So this one is not an attack, but they are finally putting mini cameras on rats to go through the rubble of like earthquakes and things <laughs> yeah. to find survivors. Dude, we should have thought this up. 30 years ago. Wait, wait, you're like, they're finally putting the backpacks on the rats. Finally. Like, like you've been calling for it every other week. Like, <laughs> like guys, when are we going to get the backpacks on the rats? No, I mean, come on. Smarter people than me have to be thinking like, how can we be looking for survivors? Of course it's putting backpack cameras on the rats. What? This is like, now that they say it, it's like, obviously. Yeah, I mean, guys, listen, we got to find the people. Get the rats out there. Rat People hate rats. No one's going to put it. How do you even put a backpack on a rat? I read the story and I thought it was an onion story at first. So you and you listen. train the rat. You know, didn't you say your brother had a pet rat? Yeah, it was it always was, one. It was kid much who more had a docile. Yeah, yeah, it was always 
Always yeah. that one guy as Rich Ackerman walks in yet again to us having <laughs> yeah, a ridiculous conversation. <laughs> but your brother had a pet rat. You can train rats. You put a little backpack. I think I saw one wearing a little helmet too, yeah. which is kind of awesome. <laughs> is this Safe- like Halloween? <laughs> Safety <laughs> first. And they go through the rubble and will tell you where the survivors are. So I hate rats so much. I think I'd rather just die. Just like yeah, leave I'll, me there? I, yeah, you took yeah, my yeah. line. If I'm in the rubble and I see the rat Wait, coming at me, I'm telling no you, leave us so alone. The rat with the backpack comes and chews your face off. How is that? I mean, you know <laughs> And everyone rat. watches it on camera. Hey, we found yeah. this guy. He had no face. He may have had one before, but definitely not one now. Yeah, and there's just like little chipping, chip, chippy guy <laughs> Oh, I hate rats. Ratatouille. Um, Here, Maggie, here's the question. If you were trapped under rubble and yeah. there was a squirrel that came with a backpack. Ooh. I'd be oh, like, Lassie, get help. I don't want to be here. I'm thirsty. Uh, no, I'd be like, yeah. I can't believe my luck that a backpack, <laughs> a rat pack came to find me. Oh, the rat pack. Oh, a different, we go. different meaning. Sammy, you have to name them. Yeah. Sammy Davis. No, no, you're <laughs> right. I mean, it does sound horrible, obviously, to get caught no, in I, We don't want to think about this. I know yeah. I just watched the second no, to last episode is, of is, Game of Thrones. So I don't want to think about being trapped under rubble. No, uh, no spoiler spoilers. alert. Uh, yeah, it's like, like the actual original Game of Thrones? Oh, sorry. Dragons. Oh, okay. Whatever. The new one. <laughs> what, did they have rats with back pillows? <laughs> All of a sudden they did. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. It was George R. R. Martin yeah, yeah, who yeah. came up with the idea. Were they wearing armor? <laughs> rats with armor attack. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it is a little weird because rats are the most disgusting animal on earth. I hate but them you can so tra- much. Well, we all do, but you can train them. Okay. You know? So I, there you go. I will say this. Like, living in New York, we're used to, like, these gross, disgusting disease-riddled rats. Yeah. But, like, actual, like, clean, healthy, normal rats aren't, like, the grossest things in the world. They're just, like, little... And where do you find those? Like, in labs, where they're going to be training them <laughs> oh, with backpacks. Yeah, in labs. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, lab there's rats. There's not, like, country rats. I don't... I, that, that's, like, city mouse, country mouse. I don't no, think there's I, country I, your, rats. Your friend who had a... Your brother, your friend who had the rat, like, it was a clean, no. nice... I you agree. Hold in your hand and it's cute. Mice and rats in the country are much less gross than New York City rats. Those Definitely. Are... Now, I'll uh, tell you what. You guys think that we see rats in New York, DC. They're like yeah. cats. Uh, DC is a so swamp. So humid out there. Ugh. You, they, they, like you'll hear something shake in the bushes. You think it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and it turns out to be a rat. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, like the water starts to shake when like the rats rat? are coming by. Uh, I got a I got a cool animal story about rats in my neighborhood. Have I told you guys this? Every morning at five o'clock. A falconer, a guy yeah. who comes out to the park and lets the peregrine falcon fly over the park for an hour. And he eats the rats? He either eats the rats or scares them away. Oh, so, and all of a sudden, the rats all disappear from the local park, which was absolutely, there's a track on the local park. And at night, the rats would run laps. I'm not kidding. They would run around the track. <laughs> you got to like, get in your calisthenics. Was, was, like was it Russell Wilson's uh, yeah, regiment? Yeah. No, I mean, this would have been a training <laughs> ground for rats with backpacks because they, these were, a, it was like a track team of rats. Maybe it was. They did relays. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but then, hand off the baton? Yeah. yeah. So then they, you release a bird of prey. Mm-hmm. A bird of prey makes everything cooler. Yeah. So Have you ever stared eye to eye with a bird of prey, like at a zoo or something? No. Oh, it is so creepy. There's, or, there's nothing behind there except just pure Are there eyes that kind of on the side of their Heads? How do you see eye to eye? No, like a bald eagle or something. Oh, yeah. It's like their pupils are like kind of white. It's so freaky. That is terrifying. I was down at an Auburn game, and you know they released. They the, do have the, yeah. the. It's a real falcon or something. What is that? It's a. Uh, it's a. It's a. a it's a war eagle. It's a war. It's an eagle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's terrifying, and it goes like four rows in the crowd and two feet over your head. I always thought like 
I don't know. I knew there was a war eagle, but I didn't know that it f- flies amongst the crowd. Well, who was so drunk they didn't care or <laughs> pay any attention to it. Had no clue. But until they went viral. Yeah, and then he went off track and he he dove into the tunnel and he came out and he was he had a little rat with a backpack in his, <laughs> in his claws. <laughs> and everyone cheered. Yeah. yeah. It was and actually a rat has like a, little white it, spots on their head. No, it was a rat with a crimson tide jersey <laughs> on it. <laughs> yeah, it was like boo. And then he flew around with that and then dripping blood and they're oh, all no. that, that would be a cool college from, football that celebration. That from a very innocent fun place yeah. to somewhere very dark and disturbing. Yeah, I mean, if you could make a rat with a backpack, you could easily put a rat in some sort of college football pregame ritual. <laughs> with an right? Alabama helmet, of course. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure the animal rights people have no problem with this yeah, yeah. whatsoever. Or did, yeah, or have an alligator in Florida. Just... Oh, it's like, like the movie Scrooge where he's stapling yeah. uh, antlers on the mice's head. Yeah, no. no <laughs> Bill yeah. Murray. Oh, from Groundhog Day? <laughs> no, Scrooge. Oh, Scrooge. Yes, yeah, Scrooge, Scrooge, Scrooge. So funny. Um, so, yeah, Ooh. rats with backpacks. Yeah, what took us thing. so long, society? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Get with it. Duh. Of course. It's like, I feel like the, oh. I feel like the idiot. Oh, we haven't gotten to my story about why I feel like the idiot. We'll, we'll do that oh, next. Oh, I can't believe we got an all show. I know. Without this. All time. Bonehead move from your girl. <laughs> Just why? And unfortunately, Perloff was there I, to witness. I, I the bared whole thing. witness. What an idiot you are! <laughs> I'm just <laughs> such an idiot. I am the Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, uh, that uh, is not I'm fair. sorry. Oh, Flying crosser. I'm just kidding. Oh, um, sort of. So we'll get to that in just a Definitely moment. Definitely should have gone for it. <laughs> Bottom of the hour. Time for a CBS Sports update. Here's Rich Ackerman. It's time to answer our Ask the Pros question of the day. It's brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Today's question comes from Tom in Atlanta. Can you spell spectacular? Don't forget you can submit a question by going to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros or tweeting it at cbssportsradio using the hashtag askthepros. Um, well, Charles Barkley had a little trouble spelling spectacular uh, on Tuesday night. What did you say when you walked out here about this game? These two games tonight have been spectacular. Oh, that's not exactly spell what you it. said, but, uh, but I spell like it. He can, he can spell spectacular. No, no, he can't. No, he can't. 10,000. Yeah. 10,000. Go ahead. Uh, I have to write it. Oh, no, no, spell it. No, yes. no, you can't. No, spell it. No, it's wrong. He's wrong. He's wrong. Uh, S-P-E-C-T- <laughs> he spelled it wrong. Wait. No, read what you wrote. S-P-E-C-T-A-C-U- L-A-R. Is that right? I couldn't understand what you said. (laughs) (laughs) I think he got it there, though, right? I think he got it at the end. I think he spelled it wrong multiple times on the piece of paper, and Kenny had to step up and walk away, and then Charles, like, corrected himself. Spectacular. That's not a crazy one. Did Shaq say 10,000? Well, because also he was pronouncing it spectacular. Yeah, I know. Well, it's sparkly. Well, you have all those cameras on you, and you have to spell on the spot. It's it's a little challenging. If someone tells you to spell something, though, is it cheating to have to write it down? Well, that's a word. It's funny. I, I don't think it's hard to spell because it sounds like it. But I think, like, off the top of my head, if you said spell spectacular, I would probably panic. <laughs> <laughs> spell spectacular. All right. Can I do it? Yeah. S-P-E-C-T-A-C-U-L-A-R. Ding, ding, ding. Correct. All right. But I had it. to think about it for a minute. <laughs> <Got> <laughs> okay. Well, you got it. Uh, okay. But, yeah, get- I, I, if you guys ever done spelling bees, I've never done one. I would totally, the anxiety would just ruin me. No, and not since the second grade. Yeah, I'd say first or second grade was laughing <laughs> for me. It's and been I'll a while. always remember the one I got wrong. Uh, let's go to our Cowboys quickie.
Well, the latest news from Cowboy Land, not great. Ezekiel Elliott has a knee sprain, Perloff. He's uncertain Mm. to play against the Chicago Bears. And listen, normally we'd be like, well, I mean, listen, Cowboys are still going to most likely they're going to be favored in this game by quite a bit and win this game. But after what we saw from the Bears last week against the Patriots, I'm looking at the Bears with totally through a totally different lens. The thing about the Bears, I know this is a cowboy quickie, but the thing about the Bears, this looks like it could be one of those instances where the fans were right. Remember what do you mean? The, this happened in Philadelphia last year. Remember the fans, the media, everyone yeah. was saying, you got to run the ball, you got to run the ball. They start running, they go to the playoffs. Everyone was saying, Justin Fields, design runs, yeah. design runs, don't make him a pocket passer. They do that against the Patriots, they win the game going away. This could be an instance where the fans were right. Now, the Dallas defense is really good. Yeah, I wonder if Fields... I was actually thinking about this. Will Micah Parsons chase down Fields and cause some problems there? Because the problem... like Micah Parsons had trouble against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. They totally neutralize him. But the Bears don't really have a passing threat, so everyone's going to chase after him. I mean, I think the Cowboys defense is going to win the game here. But I had to look up. Does anyone know the third and fourth string running backs on the Cowboys? Because you know Tony Pollard's there. Yeah. But I was just looking at the story. They're calling up an undrafted rookie, Malik Davis, who's from Florida, so at least from a big school. And then someone named Quadri Allison, who huh. maybe we should know, is called up. So they really don't have a lot of depth that we know here. Uh, although Quadri has played a little bit this year. So I, I have no idea, but it does seem like Tony Pollard's a better running back. Well, I don't panic. Like, I don't even see this as a negative. No, and there's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Bears yeah. this Sunday afternoon. Okay, you're right, because the Bears are eight-and-a-half-point dogs against the Patriots. That does make me nervous. Feels like a big right? number. Feels like a big number. And, I, you know, I love the Cowboys. They're my rocket ship, but... This game just got a lot more interesting yeah, yeah. to me. So that's no, I mean, your... It's good to tune in, right? Like, we're going to watch this. We need some action this weekend. We need some good games, Maggie. I know. It's funny because on paper, some of these games don't look that great, but you never know. Yep. We didn't think Patriots-Bears was going to be good, and it was great. That's your Cowboy Quickie. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. <laughs> hey, Maggie, don't be so hard on yourself. I mean, you're right. <laughs> But just don't be so hard on yourself. (laughs) So Perloff witnessed this yesterday. Um, I botched a celebrity sighting. and Well, I just set the scene. Okay. It's after the show. It's after the show. So it's 6 o'clock Eastern time. And Perloff and I were walking like towards our respective trains that we take to get to where we need to go. And we happen to work in a place where there are some famous people. We work in a very nice neighborhood in New York City. And so we see like this people kind of coming towards us. I notice kind of like, you know, attractive women holding a lot of shopping bags. Okay. And I then, don't notice them at all. I did not see them. And then this guy behind <laughs> them uh, pushing a baby stroller. Yeah. Big guy. Big guy. Hunched over though. Kinda, yeah. The baby stroller. Uh, turns out. It's Yankees infielder DJ LeMahieu. Yes. Now, I've watched every inning of the New York Yankees for my previous job for the last four years. DJ LeMahieu might as well be family. That's how much I've watched <laughs> DJ LeMahieu over the last, whatever, however many years he's been in New York. So I knew it immediately. And so what do I do? Say, hey, DJ. <laughs> yeah. And he turned, 
Now, granted, he's pushing a baby stroller, and the women look like they were kind of together, so I'm not going to stop him to be like, hey, let's chat about the Yankees. That wouldn't be right. He's got these kids. I don't want to do that. By the way, he's sort of hunched over as if he is leaning on that baby. Is he hurt? Yeah, so he's hurt, so he has a toe issue. So, right, he wasn't just walking normally. He looked a little uncomfortable. And he's wearing a a baseball cap. He's a baseball player, but he's also wearing a baseball cap because I think he's trying to keep a low profile. I don't know. But I called him out. It's just like, DJ LeMayhew. And uh, he turns, he goes, yeah. And I just shrugged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't say anything. He's injured. He hasn't played a lot this year. So saying good season, the Yankees just got swept by the Astros. The whole city's mad at the Yankees not right now. Season. This is not a good season. Stu knows, Samto, they're both Yankee fans. They want this whole team basically yeah. shipped off, like, uh, you know, to London. <laughs> oh, out, out of the country. They never see him again. And he's hurt. Yeah, I can't say get healthy. You can't weird. say great season. You can't say get healthy. Big fan? Yes. You can't say big fan. That's no, so I was, media. Think, I was thinking about it. Like, you're not a journalist. You're not like, you know, breaking yeah. stories. You're yeah. an opinion. You're yeah. on air. You could say big fan. Love what you do. Love Watch. what you do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, love what you second do. Second baseman? <laughs> I mean, I love what, what you do. do. Yeah. Don't you say that to someone who's like, like an, an artist? artist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a, he's yeah, an artist. Like a painter. He knows with a baseball bat. Like he's carving up some uh, Chagall. <laughs> so, of course, you know me, Mr. Baseball. Maggie's like, DJ. I'm like, Maggie, I don't think that's DJ Lingaleli. <laughs> no, DJ LeMayhew. But that's DJ LeMayhew? The dude's a giant. He's a second baseman. He's yep. he's so big. Yeah, he's huge. For a utility infielder? Explain. Uh-huh. I don't know. He's just massive. Second base, well, he built like tiny compared to you know Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge yeah. on that team. He no, these tiny are big dudes, and yeah. he's a good fielder. Uh, when he's healthy, he's really good. He can play first. He can play third. He's totally versatile for them. But yeah, DJ Lemayhew, he looks over. Hey, I go. Hmm. Yeah, nothing. Not Zero. I not a word didn't come out of my mouth. So and then he the, just kept going. That's the question. Is it worse that you shrugged, or if you had said something really dumb? What's worse? Um, yeah, the, 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 the shrug, the no shrug words really whatsoever. No, 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 no. Like, at least I would have hey, said something. Great hit last night. No, I'm like, glad I didn't we even got play out. And the team was out, no. and I'm injured. And Mike, this was about? not going anywhere good. This was best <laughs> to cut bait immediately because this was not going in a good direction. Because Maggie tried to think of a line for ten minutes afterwards, it came up with nothing. <laughs> I still so how have, I still you, today. How would you have handled a conversation? I if I. I Oh, if it was a conversation for you had no. stopped, I'd have been like, you know, obviously big fan of yours, but yeah. you know, hope you can get healthy soon. Yeah. How's your toe way, feeling? I will give you the, one thing. Invasive, we went to but... the the hustle premiere and there were some athletes around and celebrities. I'm more shy. Maggie went up straight beeline for everyone and said, Hi, I'm Maggie Gray. Uh <laughs> nice to nice to meet you, Tobias Harris. Like yeah. all I covered no, a game in high school. Yeah, yeah, and like have, finds a connection. Like that was a good one. You, but you had time to plan that one, like a couple minutes. This was right, boom, in the I, heat of I, the moment. You totally blind. Here's I the totally difference. Blind. Here's the difference. In Philly, those aren't her guys, right? Yeah. Those are like guys that she watches from afar. These are the Yankees. She watched every inning. There's yep. a little, whether she wants to admit it or not. There's a little bit of a fanboy that came out a little bit. No, it's just like the one thing. Do I really want to know about DJ Mayhew? It's like, man, you use a lot of dip. <laughs> I uh, notice it. I don't know. Yeah, once again, he had a kid there. Yeah, was... like that would have been dumb. That would have <laughs> hey. been awful. Hey, DJ, <laughs> you use a lot of dip. <laughs> hey, DJ, how's all that dip working out for you? Have you thought about the long-term health consequences <laughs> of <the> tobacco use? <laughs> Maybe the shrug wasn't the worst thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. No, the like, shrug was smokeless tobacco. It's a silent killer. Like I'm not going to say that to DJ LeMay. <laughs> I was there. I was grateful for the shrug because even that. Two seconds of awkwardness was enough to ruin my night. It was, <laughs> I mean, and when, by the way, DJ's look towards Maggie was so full of quizzical, yeah. yet Should somewhat, I know you? somewhat no. not thrilled about the entire <laughs> way it was playing out. 
It was so bad. Every level. And I get, and you're right. I had 10 minutes later, I still didn't know what the line should have been. I still don't know today. What are you supposed to say to a guy like that? Nothing. Shrug. I yeah. I got into the office today. I was riding the elevator with some hosts of some WFAN shows. And they go to me, hey, you guys saw DJ LeMahieu yesterday. I'm like, yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie blew it. <laughs> I had nothing to say. See, Pearl, that's where you stepped in to say Yankees suck. If, uh, imagine if I had said Yankees suck. Yankees like, suck. Imagine how unprofessional that would be. Yeah, DJ, let's go Mets. Like that, I, it would have never even occurred to me. Mike, do you think when she said, hey, DJ, I knew he was a Yankee at this point? Yeah, Mike's like, <laughs> no he sends shot. a picture of DJ LeMahieu. He's like, like, anyone could know who this By is. Way, is that Sasha Yankee and Digweed? Is that Paul Oakenfold? Is that DJ? DJ LeMahieu is incredibly generic looking. I'm looking at the photos now. and I'm and Except that for the, the fact guy that he's a New York week? Yankee. That yeah, makes I, know. I pulled generic. up a picture and sent it to you guys last night. That wasn't even DJ LeMahieu. I sent you a picture of another guy. <laughs> Listen, when he's on the Colorado Rockies, no one knows who he is. But he's I a New York Yankee. You're going to know. Nobody knows who he is. I would have known Aaron Judge. I'll tell you that. Well, he's six foot seven, two hundred fifty pounds. I probably would have known Stanton. Garrett Cole uh, again. Garrett Cole, you would have known. Mm. You would have known Garrett Cole. He's, he's six. six foot five in real life. Mm. Would you know Bryce Harper? I know Bryce Harper. Would you know Reese? I know J. Cole. I, I'm not sure Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's a little generic looking too. I know. I know what he looks like in a hat. Tomorrow, I don't know if on the street. Tomorrow we're quizzing Proloff. Does he know these Philadelphia Phillies without the name underneath? <laughs> yes. Just by their headshot. Uh, yes. You're not going to get me there. I'm all in, Maggie. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Stu. We'll see you tomorrow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network. From big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.